0: Locked on Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Blackhawks Podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, August 15th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2 or you could check out my strictly Blackhawks account at talk and hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then be sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast, which will only take a quick couple of seconds. Literally a quick click of the button will be helping me out tremendously. Be sure to go and rate the show with five stars if you like what you're hearing today as well. And if, uh, you're listening through Apple Podcasts or through Spotify, feel free to go and leave me a review as well. I always greatly appreciate getting feedback from all you wonderful listeners out there. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast, whether that's through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, etc. It's all 100% for free. And if you go and follow the show right now, then you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then you got to be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube because each and every episode, folks, moving forward, is going to have a video attached to it as well. So if you haven't done so already, what are you waiting for? Please go and help the boy out. Go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. It would really mean more than all of you know. Uh, Also, go and smash the like button down below for me as well. I would greatly appreciate that. And go and ring the bell turn on those push notifications, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right, enough of that. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. That's your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And per usual, thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. I hope everyone had a lovely weekend, but it's back to the grind here on Monday. But on the show today, folks, we're going to have some fun. We're actually celebrating the 600th episode in the history of the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, and I've been a part of that for a little over two years now. I started back in June of 2020, right before the Blackhawks defeated the Edmonton Oilers in uh, the play-in series of the the 2020 COVID bubble postseason that was, it feels a lot longer than two years ago. but. Yeah, it's been a wild ride so far. I think I've probably been a part of 400 of those episodes or something along those lines. But just super cool that we've made it to 600 here. And I'm just so thankful for all the support that I've gotten thus far. You all are the reason why we continue to be able to put on this show. And if you're listening to this again and you haven't already, go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. It would really mean the world to me. Uh, but for our 600th episode celebration today, folks... Uh, I am actually going to dedicate this episode strictly to Mailbag Monday because over the weekend I received a numerous amount of questions, several via email, several via Twitter, and I wanted to be sure to get to all of them because I thought there were some really thoughtful questions that I was asked and a a lot of good stuff that we can get into on a Monday in the middle of August when you know not a whole lot is going on, except for the World Juniors, which I did get several questions about because that's Really the headline of the hockey world at this point in time, but uh, with that being said, I'm excited to answer these questions and let's go ahead and dive right into it uh, The first one that I have pulled up here is from Captain Pi Double zero on Twitter who asked which player outside of the big names parentheses Jonathan Taves Patrick Kane Seth Jones, which player outside of the big names do you think will have the best year this season yeah it's it's tough to say because I think uh the best year is a, a little vague when I read that for the first time. Like I think Andreas Athanasiu and even Max Domi could have a good first half, but I don't expect them to be members of the Chicago Blackhawks past the trade deadline, if I'm being realistic here. You're trading Alex debrinkit You're probably trying to trade Andreas Athanasiu and Max Domi, both of which are older than debrinkit All signs are pointing towards the Blackhawks doing whatever they can to acquire future assets, and those are really the only free agent moves that they made aside from, you know, Colin Blackwell, too, who's also probably in that same boat. And then Alex Staylock is just here as kind of a filler to be the backup goaltender for Peter Marazic. Uh, But I think Taylor Radish is someone who's really intriguing to me because I think he's going to get all the opportunities in the world inside the Blackhawks top six. Had a pretty successful run there in his short stint with the Blackhawks last year after being acquired from the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think Taylor Radish is someone who has legitimate, I don't know if it's top line upside, but second to third line, middle six offensive uh, offensive potential. And especially in the goal scoring department, I think he's got a really strong shot. I also like how he uses his body to his advantage and he's tenacious on the forecheck and, and seemingly does a good job of stripping the puck away from his opponents when they're trying to take it up the ice. So I think Taylor Radish is someone who could have a really big year given... Uh, That he's likely going to get a a really good opportunity inside the Blackhawks top six. Uh, I think Alex Vlasic is someone who we saw some flashes at the end of last year, right? And once he kind of got that confidence and had that belief that, you know, he can hang out there with the big guns, he really showed a lot for being so young and coming right out of college. I'm excited to see what Alex Vlasic is going to do. I don't know if he's going to have a big year, but I, I feel like he's going to continue to press. Uh, progress in the right direction um who else could I think about out of the big names Sam Lafferty I mean he got so many opportunities last year so many scoring chances that he just couldn't bury and it reminded me I'm not comparing these two players whatsoever but it reminded me kind of, of Brandon Hagel's first year with the Blackhawks where you know he was noticeable each and every night with the energy and the hustle and you know the compete level on every shift you know those same attributes kind of I felt they they showed in Sam Lafferty's game as well and uh, I think you know if he's able to bury those chances more often and work on his shot and you know just getting some better puck luck if you will I think Sam Lafferty could have a really big year as well now sadly if he does that that probably only boosts his trade value and I'm not so sure that he's a piece of the puzzle long term for the Blackhawks but I feel like Sam Lafferty based on the game that he plays, such an impact player, even if it's not uh, on the stat sheet every game. um, I I feel like he has the ability to provide better numbers than he did last year, hopefully, because uh, that would be a huge difference maker for the Blackhawks. And Sam Lafferty's already a fan favorite here. Everybody loves watching him, plays with his heart on his sleeve. Uh, He's awesome. So I I hope Sammy has a really good year. And I I think he has the ability to, it's just whether or not he's going to be able to bury those chances. Uh, Who else can I think of that could have a big year? Philip Kershev, I don't know if it's going to be a big year, but I would like to see him be more consistent. I think he has that in him. Again, when I've talked about him recently, I I don't think he's going to have legitimate top six offensive upside, but he has the ability to play at the fast pace that the NHL provides. And uh, I, I still think he has more to him in, for being 22 years old, I think people kind of forget that because he's already played two full years. Like he's still very young and uh, not too far deep into the process. So I, I hope Blackhawks fans remain patient with Philip Kuryshev. I'm trying to think who else I think could have a big year. Um, That's not a big name. Th- that's mostly it, I would say. Uh, Colin Blackwell, is someone who intrigues me too, because every time the Blackhawks played him, it, he really brought the energy and was a spark plug out there too. Similar. To Sam Lafferty. Uh, I'm interested to see what kind of role he's gonna get here in Chicago. And um, hopefully it's, you know, a strong year for him because he's another guy who more than likely will be flipped at the deadline due to his deal. Very cheap. I know it's two years, but it's only for $1.1 million. So it shouldn't be that hard for the Blackhawks to get Colin Blackwell off of their hands should he have a very strong first half. All right. The next question I want to move into how legit of a prospect oh this is from, sorry. Ex a Brandon on Twitter, Brandon Gravel, who asked, How legit of a prospect do you think Wyatt Kaiser is? What do you see his ceiling as? He's looked so good in worlds. Yeah, Wyatt Kaiser, every time I watch this kid, seems like he's getting better and better and better and had a really strong freshman year for the University of Minnesota Duluth a few seasons back, which really put him, I think, on a lot of Blackhawks fans' radars and he's just continued to grow and grow and grow. And the offensive ability is undeniable. He's really good with the puck on the blue line, can walk the blue line, create separation and space in order to, to move the puck and make something happen in the O zone. He's shown that he's capable of running a power play, more so a pass first guy, but we saw him score two goals the other night for Team USA at the World Juniors. He's only scored two goals total in his first two years with the Bulldogs, but If he can work on that, I mean, Wyatt Kaiser could be a legitimate top four defenseman, I believe. And we've seen him grow defensively over the years. He's gained some size. He's laying some big hits out there. I mean, I'm super stoked about Wyatt Kaiser. He had a really solid development camp for the Blackhawks a few weeks back and just looks a little bit more mature than a lot of the guys that were there. So. Uh, I think this is going to be a very big year, big junior season for Wyatt Kaiser at UMD. They're going to lean on him heavily. He's going to play, not that he hasn't already, but uh, as a junior, he's going to be trusted upon a little bit more by that coaching staff, I believe, based on what he's been able to do so far in his first two seasons there. And uh, who knows if it's a really strong season for him, he could end up inking his entry-level contract and joining on the Blackhawks towards the end of the season. Maybe he'll wait and go to Rockford next year, we'll see. But uh, I don't know if Wyatt Kaiser is going to need four full years of college hockey the way that he's playing. He's been really good for UMD ever since he's been there and is putting together a really strong showing so far, I've thought, at the World Juniors. He's had a couple of miscues, tough delay game the other night. Uh, He got burned actually in their opener against Germany for a goal. But I think you know for what he's able to do offensively, it's undeniable. And Hopefully, he'll just be able to continue to grow in his own zone. I think that's, there are any concerns that would be in that area, but uh, he, he's kind of shunned the naysayers so far. And I think I'm, I'm just really excited to see how this year is going to go for him and what's going to be his next step after that. All right, folks, I'm going to continue answering questions here as part of this special Mailbag Monday episode, the 600th episode in the history of the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. But first, real quick, I got to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. If you, if you haven't tried Bilt Bar Puffs yet, you are seriously depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? We got new flavors. And you ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. With cookie dough bites in the middle, they just sent me a package to try. It's phenomenal what these Bilt Bar Puffs are. I mean, you seriously think you're eating a candy bar when you're having them, but Built has done it again. Once again, they continue to make the best protein bar out there on the market. Cookie dough chunk puffs. They're incredible. They have a light and chewy texture. Real cookie dough chunks are in the middle. And of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate like all built bars are. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it's actually good for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. So run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It's the perfect healthy treat. Or you could also find a really good hiding place and just hoard them all for yourselves because you might have a hard time handing them out. And like all Built Bars, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're both delicious and healthy. You can have the best of both worlds. Chocolate covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture that has 160 calories and 15 grams of protein. So good. And what's great about Bilt is that all of their bars are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So eat something that tastes good and is also good for you. Go to Bilt.com and use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll be able to get 15% off your next order. That's built.com with our exclusive promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next built bar order. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, carrying over uh, our Mailbag Monday special episode here. The next question I wanted to get into comes from Ty Carpenter on Twitter at willtyc. Who asked, so do you think a couple of the prospects looking good may entice Patrick Kane to stay? As bad as I hate to say it, I wouldn't blame him for asking for a trade. No, because uh, Patrick Kane probably wouldn't be playing with any of those prospects for another, you know, at least two to three years down the road. And with the direction the Blackhawks are heading in, the full scorched earth rebuild. I mean, looking at this roster on paper, based on all the players they let go, from last year and, and traded it away. Uh it's clear that they're not really focused on winning right now and Patrick Kane at this point of his career man, I just don't think he's going to want to do that. And I get that there are people out there saying all he's known in his whole professional career is Chicago and maybe he wants to break some more franchise records. I get that and that could be true still. I, I'm not going to rule it out completely, but I still think winning another Stanley Cup would trump all of that and Patrick Kane has shown no signs of slowing down, and he knows this. He knows he's still at the top of his game. But I do think that, you know, while he's, what, 33 or 34, I forget, but that's not going to last forever. Sure, he could have another four, five, or six years, but does he want to waste half of those being in a non-competitive rebuild in Chicago, and even in four, five, six years, there's no guarantee that the Blackhawks are going to be ready for that competitive window to open back up again. So at the end of the day, I just think Patrick Kane, especially after trading away Alex Debrinkett, trading away Kirby Doc, they traded away Brandon Hagel at the deadline. They let Dylan Strome go. They let Dominic Kubalik go. I mean, why would he want to stay at this point? If I were Patrick Kane, I would be absolutely furious. Now, maybe he's had conversations with Luke Richardson or Kyle Davidson and Maybe he's thinking differently. I don't know. I'm not saying for sure, but it just looks like Patrick Kane doesn't have much to stay for at this point. And I feel like it's certainly more likely that he's going to get dealt at the deadline than uh, that he would remain with the Blackhawks and sign an extension once his current contract runs up next summer. The next question I wanted to answer, who, where was it? Comes from uh, at Toby L seventy five Tobias Lane on Twitter, who asked, "Any other twenty twenty two draft picks expecting to sign an ELC? Um, not anytime soon. I don't think there's really any rush on that. And I know Kevin Korchinski inking his ELC probably made a lot of Blackhawks fans feel like he's ready to make the jump to professional hockey, and that Frank the Tank could be following suit sometime soon. Now Korchinski's going back to the WHL, he, he could even play two seasons there if he wants, and there's just no rush on any of these guys. So I wouldn't say there's an expectation for any of them to ink an ELC anytime soon. Maybe Frank Nazar uh, inks his this summer, but I don't think Sam Renzel is in a place where they'd be wanting to do that this early. I mean, he's fresh out of high school, basically, and he's not going to play college hockey until next year, not this upcoming season the 2023-2024 season at the University of Minnesota. So he's got a long way to go. I wouldn't expect him to ink an ELC. Uh, Paul Ludwinski was the second-round pick. I don't think that's happening. Um, Ryan Green's going to Boston University to be a freshman. I don't think he's going to be having his ELC. Gavin Hayes, no. I don't think Matthew Savoy. I think he's going to go back to the queue. or Sammy Savoy, I should say. Excuse me, I wish we had Matthew Savoy. Um, Aiden Thompson someone who's interesting. I feel like um, because he's a little bit older already, that if he has a strong year with the, uh, at the University of Denver, it's going to be his first year there. But if he has a really strong season, I don't know if he needs to stick around for another. And he could be someone that signs his entry-level deal towards the end of this season. So he's someone that you could keep an eye out for, but not anytime soon. Dominic James is actually having a pretty solid tournament for Team USA already has one season under his belt as teammates with Y Kaiser at UMD, but I don't think he's going to be in a rush. And then there's Niels Juntorp and Riku Tohila. I don't think they're signing ELCs anytime soon. So probably not if I had to guess. Um, I don't, I, I just hope that the Korchensky ELC doesn't make Blackhawks fans feel like he's going to be playing in Rockford this year, because I, I seriously don't think that's going to be the case. Um, There's no rush. Absolutely no reason to rush the process along. And we've seen that Kyle Davidson wants to have that patient approach. Like Arvid Soderblom, for example, could have been the backup goaltender to Peter Mrazek next year. But instead, Davidson goes out and signs Alex Daylock to be the backup because they don't want to rush Soderblom along. They want him to have the proper amount of time in Rockford. Don't forget, it was just his first season over here in North America. I know it was a really good one, but Still really young, 22 years old, and uh, goalies usually aren't ready for the NHL at that that age. Um, so there's just an example of the Blackhawks having a patient mentality. I also think they're going to be patient with Lucas Reichel um, this season. I don't know if he's even going to make the opening night roster for the Blackhawks. We'll see. I mean, if he has a really strong training camp and, you know, uh, doesn't allow them to send him down because his play is so good, then that's a whole different story. But I don't expect Lucas Reichel to be forced in there like we've seen with, you know, Kirby Doc, Adam Boquist, even Henry Okiaru a few years back, those types of players. Uh, it's refreshing to know that they're going to get the proper amount of time to develop down in Rockford or with their respected junior collegiate programs. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't expect anything crazy to happen in terms of uh, – ELCs or players from the 2022 draft class to be making the jump to professional hockey this year. The final question, or I think I have two more. I wrote them down, wrote down the emails cause I wasn't going to be able to pull them up. Uh, the final question I wanted to answer on the show today comes from Hannah Thornton, who emailed in over the weekend and asked, what's the upside for Landon Slager? He's playing a massive role for Team USA so far and has looked really good, in my opinion. Thanks. No, thank you, Hannah. I appreciate you emailing Lockdown Blackhawks your question. I love answering all these on the show. Uh, Slager is, yeah, having a really strong tournament so far. He has five points in the first four games, I believe it is. Uh, but played a really strong role on the top line for Team USA. Has made some really impressive offensive plays as well. Uh, had a beautiful kind of semi spinorama, no look pass to set up a teammate. Um, he's been really strong on that top line. And I don't know if offensively he's ever going to be, you know, a top six guy. I think that may be a little bit too high of a ceiling for him. Uh, but he just seems like someone who can affect the game in so many different ways, like responsible defensively, a big kid, goes to the dirty areas, had a beautiful redirect goal set up by a uh, fellow Blackhawks prospect, Wyatt Kaiser, a few games ago. Uh, he, he's tenacious. Like I said, he's got some size to him as well. A decent shot. Kind of had a disappointing year for Notre Dame in terms of offensive production, I think. uh After what he was able to do as a freshman, even he probably would be a little bit disappointed in his output, but I still don't think that's going to be the name of the game for Landon Slager once he hits the NHL level. It's going to be all the other things, how he's able to make an impact without the puck on his stick and uh, kind of be, I feel like he has the potential to be a really good glue guy. Someone you can slot up and down the lineup, depending on what you need that night, plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, I'm excited about Landon Slager for sure. And I was excited about him before seeing him at the world juniors. He's put together a really solid tournament so far. So yeah, definitely, um, outside of the 2022 draft class, one of the few forward prospects that the Blackhawks had in the system that actually, I think has a chance to be an NHLer and could be a good one at that. So yeah, I'm stoked about Landon Slager. Hopefully he continues to put together a a strong rest of the tournament. Same for Wyatt Kaiser and Dominic James because the United States has been on a roll thus far and you know they're going to be hunting for gold and it would be awesome to see three Blackhawks prospects come home with a gold medal from the 2022 IIHF World Junior Championship. All right, folks, that is going to wrap up Monday, August 15th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show. Be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks right now on your favorite podcast app and go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. I would greatly appreciate it. Do both, and you'll be able to get the latest episode through video or audio when it comes out each and every day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown NHL podcast for all the latest news and updates across the NHL offseason. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to go and check out Lockdown NHL right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2 or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show or to the Blackhawks, feel free to email at gmail.com, all one word, no underscores or anything. You can also hit me up on any one of my Twitter accounts, which is a little bit easier, or you could even call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for tuning into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.